Hi, it's good to be with you again this week. We uh, have been teaching on understanding the heart and we started with some of the preliminary things as to what is actually in our hearts and how it got there. Uh, today we're going to talk about rebellion. Last week we talked about rejection. There's three root problems, rejection, rebellion, and pride. But before I get uh, into rebellion, I want to go back to this thing of rejection and just add a little point here. Uh, when there is massive rejection in someone's life, it's like it, it stunts their spiritual growth. It's like in one area of their life, they can't seem to get past that. I'll give you an example of that. I had a man in my congregation who was 45 years old, but he had the emotional maturity of a 15-year-old. And I never talked to him about it. One day I just asked him, I said, uh, what happened to you when you were 15? And he never even had to think about it. It just came out of his mouth instantly. He said, my mother threw me out of the house and told me never to come back again. Now, he might have been rebellious and maybe he deserved it and maybe his mother tried to put up with him and teach him that he wouldn't learn or whatever. He had other problems probably. But the point is, it was such the one person that should have loved him, no matter what, threw him out of the house. And he could never emotionally get past that because of that massive rejection. See, it's love that causes our heart to be whole, the love of God. Um, God's created us so in such a way that we're supposed to contain the fullness of his love, and that makes everything else right. Uh, we've already described some of that. But this was such a massive thing, and so there's a little boy and a little girl in each of us. Uh, something that happened. We've all suffered rejection. It's one of the big issues. But rejection is so devastating because it gives a negative self-image, uh, fear of rejection, uh, all of those things where we feel we're not worthy or we never can be good enough and, and because we've never been told enough that we were good enough. And this is why it's so important. This is why I'm so excited about this teaching because it sets us free in the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have to understand how to get free. There's a process we have to go through by faith. But the answer is guaranteed. I had a lot of rejection in my life and uh, I was thrown into the ministry and got more rejection. But God told me the process of what I needed to do to get out of that rejection and deal with my anger, deal with my pride. And so this will set many free, but you have to apply it. We're just laying sort of the foundation here, but later on we're going to go deeper into these areas and get more definite about it and what happens and how it gets there, but also how to deal with it. And so I just wanted to share that with you about massive rejection. You might have people, and sometimes these people can be rebellious and frustrating, but what helps me is just to realize what they must have went through in their life to get into this kind of condition. And so they couldn't help it. They didn't know how to deal with it. They were rejected. Maybe they were rebellious, but they didn't know how to deal with that either. 
But we're going to talk about rebellion today. Um, but this rejection is, um, we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we have the picture of a little boy that what we showed you. And it says, I know I'm somebody because God doesn't make any junk. And we have a new, whole new identity in Christ Jesus. God doesn't look at us. He's accepted us in spite of our rejection. We're already accepted. And because we suffer rejection and have a negative image, we're always trying to be accepted. And God has already accepted us. He wants to come in and heal us. He wants to change our hearts. He wants us to, to grow in him. And so we're going to teach you the steps of that and how to actually do that. But one of the biggest things for rejection is your own revelation of righteousness by faith. And that can only come through meditation on the word. A few lessons farther down, we're going to be teaching four lessons on righteousness by faith, which is really how God sees you in Christ Jesus because of your faith in Christ Jesus. And it has to be accepted by faith, and then you start living by faith. It's a whole faith proposition to be able to grow out of this. But if you can't see yourself the way God sees you, then you're always going to be living out of your negative self-image instead of living by faith. These are foundational things, foundational truths that we must build into our hearts <clears throat> by faith and through meditation for us to be able to take those steps out of rejection that we need to take. And we're going to explain all of that as we go along, but it's very, very important. But always remember that God chose you. You did not choose him. He chose you. <clears throat> you could, <clears throat> excuse me. You could not have come to God unless the Holy Spirit had drawn you and he wanted you. Even coming to Jesus, uh, we needed to take that step of faith, but we were drawn to do that by the Holy Spirit working in us because God wanted us. So no matter what kind of shape you're in, there are answers in Jesus Christ. And he has already chosen you. That means he has already accepted you. Now he wants to help you. So we're, we're just trying to facilitate what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you by teaching you how to cooperate with him and teaching you what's in your heart so that you understand clearly what the problem is and how it got there, and it was really a no fault of your own. It's just your heart's reaction, what you were born with, to the circumstances of life. But we can now change that because we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> so it's very important, the revelation of, of all of that. And you, even when you get the revelation of it, you will say and do the wrong things many times. But all we have to do is keep coming back to our right standing in Jesus Christ. He is always there. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He knows we're, we're going to sin. We're going to do the wrong things because of what's in our heart. But it's a growing process. To God, a perfect heart is the one that always keeps coming back to him. No many, how, how many times we mess up? His mercies are new every morning. You may say, well, I'm, I'm so beaten up, I don't have the desire to even change. I, I don't have the willpower to change. But the Word of God will change you if you will just study it, meditate on it, be hungry in your heart to get a deeper awareness of the truth. It'll be a slower process, but once you start, it'll start to pick up. And once you really get a revelation, then you can take off. But it's a process. Everything is a process. All of this heart teaching, I'm taking you through a process of foundational truths, understanding that you need so that you can then adjust 
as you get the revelation. But it's good to go over these notes and make it your own. And so just keep coming back to Jesus, come back to your right standing, because then you are, and you can come to the Father God at any time. Anytime you sin, just ask for forgiveness, and you can come with full confidence to the throne of grace. Why? Because Jesus paid for all of your sins, and you are a new creation, and you are a child of God. It is such an awesome, awesome revelation. The devil is called the accuser of the brethren. He accuses us night and day. It's that sin principle living in us, dealing with all the negative things that have happened in our life and accusing us of our past, always trying to pull us down. And we have to spend time with Jesus and he will lift us up in due time. But it's a process of faith. So it's good news. Um, sometimes people don't feel worthy. Sometimes people feel they haven't received the Holy Spirit or they're not good enough to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to just share with you that I was drunk when I got saved, when I asked Jesus to come into my life, if he was really there, I didn't know whether he was or not. I was drunk when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then I was so happy inside, because the Holy Spirit had come in me, I was so happy I went out and got drunk again. I was a baby Christian, I didn't know I shouldn't be getting drunk. I didn't know anything yet. The point is, he accepts us as we are. We don't have to tarry. We don't have to wait. We just have to ask God in faith. Ask him in faith to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. And he will come in. And then we have the ability to speak in other tongues also. But he accepts us. It's the Holy Spirit's job to clean us up. We can't do it. We need his help. So he accepts us the way we are because we've accepted the sacrifice of Jesus. And then there's a the process. And Jesus said some things like, uh, with whatever measure you use, so shall be measured unto you. Be careful how you listen. With whatever measure you listen, so shall be measured unto you. It all comes back to our heart attitude, our hunger for truth, our desire to change, our love for God, our humility, and to the degree that we have all those things, to that degree, we will automatically receive from the Holy Spirit and from our born-again spirit, which is the nature of God in us. And we will receive his grace, but we always have to come back to that right standing. So today we're going to talk about rebellion. When somebody suffered a lot of reje rejection, one or two things are going to happen. They're going to become totally passive and people will walk on them and they'll get worse and worse and depression will come and eventually suicide and all of those things as we talked about. Or their heart, our heart is always trying to survive. It has, um, it doesn't rationalize, but it's just the way it's created. It wants to survive. And uh, what happens then with a lot of rejection it will rebel and say, no, I am somebody. I'll show you. And then rebellion starts. It's going to do its thing. It's going to do what it wants, depending, again, on the person's character. Uh, and rebellion can also come out of pride, because pride is all about me. Me. I will. I will. I will. I will. And so nobody can tell me what to do. I'm going to go and do it. See, it's sort of that mentality. So it's rebellion to authority. And I'm right, and pride won't let me be wrong. So you understand how all of these things, rejection, rebellion, and pride, feed off each other at times, and we don't even realize what's happening in our own hearts. So rebellion can come out of rejection 
or pride, and rebellion rebels. It establishes itself. Um, Samuel told uh, the um, King Saul that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft because witchcraft is trying to control the situation other than by means of God. And so rebellion does its own thing, not by the Spirit of God, but does its own thing, its own force within our own hearts, within our own will, with what we want. And so God is not involved in that at all. We're involved. And what happens when we get into rebellion, that's when that sinful nature that is in our flesh rises up and interacts with it because we are allowing it to by being in rebellion. This is why God says the greatest in the kingdom of, is servant of all and humbly submit your heart to the word of God. Um, i got to have a spirit of humility. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. See, as we're humble, then the Holy Spirit can work in us. But if we're rebellious, it's like nobody's telling me and the Holy Spirit is not going to force himself on us. And God lets us go with that rebellion until we get into so many problems, we come to the end of ourselves and we give it up and we just give it all to him again. This happens with Christians, born again or not, because they don't understand how to cooperate with God in working out their salvation. So in the spiritual realm, God puts rebellion at the same level as witchcraft. That's pretty scary, but that's what Samuel told King Saul when he rebelled against the word of God. And here again, it's also rebelling against the word of God. When God tells us to love our enemies, then that's what we should do. And if we don't want to do that, then we're in rebellion, then we, we can't work out our salvation on our own. We need God's grace. But if we're not going to do it his way, then we're just going to get worse. See, you cannot stand still in the spiritual realm. You're either growing or you're going backwards, depending on understanding and what we're doing. God judges the attitudes and the motivations of our hearts. So our motivation should always be, I want to become like Jesus because I love him. He died for me, so I will die to myself and live for him. This is water baptism. So all of these things come in together. Now I want to read from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. And uh, there's some interesting scriptures here which will help young people, and parents. Um, Paul says to Timothy, flee the evil desires of youth. Now, he does not say here the evil desires of old age, but the evil desires of youth. Why do youth have evil desires? Well, their peak learning capacity is when they're 15, when they're taking, able to take in so much knowledge in their development stages. And knowledge puffs up. So a teenager thinks he knows better than his parents. His parents are old-fashioned. And he's not yet experienced life, but he wants to experience life. And so he doesn't want to listen. He, he knows too much already. He's been taught so much. And, and he uh, can do this. And he just doesn't want to be held back because he wants to be an adult. He wants to be treated as an adult. He wants to make decisions for himself because of all of his knowledge. And the parents can see that he's going to be making the wrong decisions or he has the wrong attitude and, and they won't let him do it. And then he rebels even more, gets miserable and ornery and the parents get frustrated and, and there's this battle going on. 
And so these are the evil desires of youth. And because of all this, he starts to rebel. Uh, or he's had a lot of rejection and he wants attention and he rebels. See, it all comes together at that age very, very powerfully. And so this is why the Bible says, flee the evil desires of youth. Flee them. Flee from those evil desires. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And so again, God says, pursue these things. Don't, don't give in to those evil desires. You're at a certain age, a certain stage in your life where this is a natural thing. Uh, teenagers do it. My wife has a saying, hire a teenager when, while they still know everything. And there's also spiritual teenagers. They can be taught so much and learn so much, but haven't had the experience of ministry, the experience of life, to put these words into practice. See, we have to be a doer of the word, but if all we're doing is receiving the word, and we're receiving so much rich teaching, but we're not putting it into practice, we become like a spiritual teenagers. Pretty soon, you know, we want to tell the pastor how to run the church, but we don't have the anointing or the wisdom to do it because God didn't call us to do it. Very, very big problem in charismatic circles and in churches because the people think they know because they get more and more understanding. But it's love that edifies us. And so there always has to be uh, submission to authority. Jesus, or the Bible says, submit to those that are over you in the Lord. It doesn't mean that they're right and you're wrong, but you still have to have a submissive attitude in how you treat them, how you talk to them. Do you pray for them? Pray for those that are in authority. We're even supposed to pray for the leaders of our nation so that we can live in peace because God can then move on the nation and on the leaders of the nation to govern properly in righteousness. And it says in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, or chapter 6, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You see, if we get over into rebellion and do our own things, we're going to make a lot of mistakes. And we are sowing seeds into our hearts that will grow, because the, the heart is like soil. And they will de we will develop attitudes, and they will get stronger and grow. And so then they keep growing and getting bigger and bigger. And then we have to deal with it. See, I came to the Lord when I was 33, and I had all, I had rejection, rebellion, pride, all these things that had grown in my life because of my rebellion. I left church as a teenager because I didn't see God there. They never taught me anything about God. So I lived my own life the way I thought was best. But it got worse and worse. And so I had to deal with all these issues. But if you, at this age, if you can just pursue righteousness, as it says here in Timothy, righteousness, faith, love, and peace. If you pursue those, if you get through these years, once you get a job, you get through school, get a job, start a family, you have more responsibilities, it forces you to mature. But when you're still single and have no responsibilities, you just want to do your own thing, and you want to take charge of your life, but you haven't experienced life yet. So I really believe that between parents and teenagers, if they understand this, then this should be a transition stage. Your parents rebelled against their parents also. <laughs> uh, maybe not openly or whatever, but there's, it's just that age that we're in. 
and this is why it's the evil desires of youth. But rebellion allows to releases the sin nature to work in your heart, to and and the devil to work with that to to take you down a wrong path, and make you and you get self deceived and perverted in your thinking because that comes with rebellion. And so it's interesting that God says this here, Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Even how long you're going to live is tied in with submission to parents, to submission to authority. Um, any authority that's over you, the police force, anything else, uh, any authority, you still always have to have a submissive attitude because if you're in rebellion to authority, even if they're wrong, you still have to have a submissive attitude. Pray for them if you believe they're wrong. But any rebellion to anyone is rebellion in your heart, which will end up rebellion to God. And so this is just the way our hearts work. And so we have to live these kingdom principles constantly. And if we don't, we are the ones that suffer. We're mad at them and we're rebelling because we don't think they're doing their job right or they're not parenting us right or they're not letting us to do something. But we are the ones that are being destroyed because rebellion, anger, bitterness is growing in our hearts. And so life and death is up to you. In the Old Testament, God said, I set before you life and death, choose life. So we're going to talk a little bit about rebellion just quickly here to show you how uh, what happens and, and what works in our life. And uh, we're just going to go over the emotions that come with rebellion. Um, the same as we did with rejection and the same as we did with pride. So there are emotions. These are root problems that have emotions attached to them. And we need to understand these things. So with rebellion comes hatred, violence, murder, bitterness, unforgiveness. See, we're striking back. Um, and so the Bible says one of the commandments, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. But murder starts with rebellion in the heart. And as we teach later, we're going to see that Jesus talked about heart issues and talked about rebellion and anger in your heart because you're already in danger of hellfire. And he, he takes the commandments, and the commandments are really include the emotions of the heart because that rebellion or that murder starts with hatred, anger, and violence because you're striking back. And if you allow that to keep growing, see, some people have never had any godly input in their lives. Uh, they're still responsible for their actions, but they've had such a miserable life, they've never had any love. All they kept doing was rebelling, and that all kept growing. That's why we have so many murderers, so many people that don't care about other people's lives because they're living in this kingdom of darkness and allowing it to grow, and they're being influenced by that sin principle in their flesh, and it's making everything worse and worse. Unforgiveness. So if you're mad at somebody, even if they apologize, you're still mad. See, we have to forgive whether they apologize or not. We're going to talk about that when we deal with forgiveness. And the reason that Jesus teaches this way, and, and this is living in the kingdom, this is the only thing that is going to change our hearts. This is the only thing that we can do to get rid of the anger is to walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
control. We want to control people. So we get, they reject us and we get, uh, it offends our pride and our rejection and so we rebel and then we get mad at them and we tell them off because we are, it, it's a force of control out of our rebellion. I'm going to tell them off and they'll never cross me again. See, now you're in control. You're controlling them with your anger, which comes from rebellion. And rebellion can be very possessive because it's either coming from pride or it's coming from rejection or both. And rejection says, no, I am somebody. And pride says, you're not going to do that to me. I want justice. And so it becomes very possessive. Rebellion is all about me again, and I'm in control, and nobody's going to tell me what to do. And then we have witchcraft. Um, again, as I explained, witchcraft is really controlling somebody by other means than by the power of God. And it's the power in the negative spiritual realm. So rebellion is rooted in the negative spiritual realm, and there's a power to that because we are controlling them by our rebellion. We're intimidating them. Nobody's going to mess with us. It's also self-willed, unteachable. See, rebellion can't receive. It's putting out, putting out. It, it can't receive. And so it's unteachable. It's self-willed. It's all about self again, same as pride. And pride comes in with that. Self-delusion. We can't, we're self-deluded. Because of our rebellion, we cannot see others clearly and we're judgmental and critical because of pride, but we're, we're judging them according to the filters in our own heart of rejection, rebellion, and pride. We can't judge them from God's perspective because we're not like God. This is why the Bible says, judge not. See, and we want revenge. But God said, vengeance is mine. In the end, everybody, everything they ever did is going to add up in their life for the final result of what they get when they stand before God, the white throne judgment. And so eventually they're going to get what's coming to them. God doesn't want us to give it to them because that's ruining us and our relationship with him. Plus, we're not helping them. See, you're starting to see here how the negative spiritual kingdom works, the mystery of iniquity, how it works in our hearts. We're offended, we strike back. The devil loves that because that's establishing his kingdom on the earth. That's how he's gotten control over so much of the earth. God's kingdom is the exact opposite. Well, God is in charge. He's the judge. And in the end, everybody's going to have to stand before him and answer to him. And he, will, he is a just God, and he will give everybody what they deserve. And so I don't have to have my vengeance now. And God says, if you will love them and pray for them, I can bring life to them. See, now we got the kingdom of God working in people's hearts. Our hearts plus the people we're praying for. And if we forgive them, like Jesus when he was on the cross, Father, I forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's been my policy. If, if somebody's acting crazy or strange, it's just i got to love them through that. They have to grow. As a pastor, i got to love them through that. That doesn't mean I just keep tolerating everything. I still have to speak to them as a parent. I'm the overseer of their soul. I have to tell them what's happening what they're doing and what their problem is. Now, if they don't listen, I still love them, but I'm not going to let them cause trouble in the church. So, see, that's the responsibility of pastoring. So then the other things that come with rebellion is self-delusion, self-deception, self same as with pride, and 
perversion because the sinful nature is allowed to work in us through that rebellion, through any negative thought, through any sin, everything becomes perverted and we see everything from a perspective of rebellion but perversion can go into all different kinds of realms and thinking and sex and everything else where we're just going to do what we want and the flesh just wants us to be perverted and so perversion comes and all kinds of perversion comes out of that because it has its roots in rebellion all right, we're going to, uh, in the next lessons, we're going to talk about the heart and the subconscious mind, which you do not want to miss because it gives you even a deeper and a better understanding of the heart. We're going deeper and deeper into the heart. We, we talked about the parable of the sower. Now we're, we're talking about the emotions of the heart and how they got there and, and these root problems. Now we're going to go actually and have you understand how the heart really functions on its own because of what's in there, how we've programmed it. And we've programmed it through our actions and reactions to whatever has happened to us in life. And so now we're going to understand the heart and the subconscious mind. They are the same, but we're going to see exactly how the heart functions. And so that's how why it, we're going to learn why it's so deceitfully wicked above all things. And so join us again for the next teaching. Please come to all the lessons because God will change your heart and your life through all of this. Thank you. Yeah.